You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Radio Show. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and thank you so very much for being with us here again today. Well, I'll tell you what, there's I, I love the change of seasons that we get here in Idaho and Oregon, and along with the change of seasons, it just means we've got to start doing things that, that come about with that time of year. And one of the things we need to be concerned with as the weather gets cooler and the crops come off the fields and the food supplies get shorter are those pesky rodents that want to get into our houses. They want somewhere warm to sleep. They want a food supply, and they want to increase their chances of survival. So today we're going to do a show all about keeping rodents out of your house or out of the areas you don't want them. It could be your tractor cabs. In my case, an old pickup sitting out on a farm. It could be your travel trailer. Wherever you don't want them, we're going to talk about keeping them out. And we've got a really cool new product we're selling that inspired this episode called Grandpa Gus's Rodent Repellents. And so I was able to get them on the phone. Actually, the president of the company, Nick Olenek, who came to us all the way from Austin, Texas, to talk about different methods and ways of getting this all done and every question I could think about when it comes to keeping rodents out of those areas that we don't want them. So we'll have that coming up for you here in just a moment. Just a quick side note, I wanted to let you all know something I get to do that's a lot of fun. I get to go to the National FFA Convention. This was my second year going, and I get to go down there and do interviews and talk agriculture and and be involved in that. And it is such an incredible convention. This year, I think there were about 68, maybe 69,000 just students at the convention. That doesn't take into account people like me or FFA teachers or vendors, just students, almost 70,000 students this year. And what a great event it was. And with this sea of blue jackets roaming around this convention center and all around downtown Indianapolis, Indiana, as I was going through the convention center one day, I looked up and what did I see? A D&B Supply baseball hat. You know, I could not believe it. There it was, DNB Supply. So, of course, I flagged down this young man and got a picture with him for my Facebook page and for DNB Supply's Facebook page. But he came from Meridian High School and he was uh, there at the FFA convention and proudly wearing his DNB Supply hat. I thought that was a really, really cool moment. All right, everybody. Well, we'll be right into the show with Nick Olenek coming up next. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you having me, Matt. Hey, you bet. I'm excited to talk to you, and I think it's going to be a really interesting topic to discuss today. What I'd like to do is just to start off by having you introduce yourselves to our audience just a little bit. Just kind of tell us about you and who you are, what you do, and where you're at. Yeah, well, my name is Nick Olenek, and uh, I am the president of the Grandpa Gus Pest Control Product Company. Uh, We make a variety of products that deal with everything from rodents, which is a big one for us, uh, but also mosquitoes, ticks, which are a growing concern, squirrels, spiders, you name it. We we have a repellent for it, and it just so happens that our repellents are made from natural ingredients, too, as the the market shifts on that way. So we deal with all types of uh, pests and give people the tools they need to uh, get them out of their premises. Now, where are you located? Where's your headquarters, I guess? 
Our headquarters is down here in Austin, Texas. Well, there's plenty of critters in Texas. All sorts absolutely. of them. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's a funny thing, too. You know, depending which part of the country you go, I get people down here contacting me for armadillo spray. I get people <laughs> that are uh, out in Florida. They want iguana stuff. And, uh, of course, as you get up into the more northern states like Idaho, for instance, I mean, when it gets cold, you get mice. That is right. And we'll get into that here just in a second. Now, how did you get involved in this line of work? Quite simply, you know, it was a market that I thought was underserved and could use some innovation. I'm a, I'm a guy who really started out uh, as a writer. When I got out of school, uh, my background is in, in writing sales copy and uh, marketing pieces. And I ended up selling a few different things online through that background. And uh, it eventually led me into uh, the pest control niche. And, and what you're seeing out there in the market is, you know, Products that have been around for decades without a lot of improvements. So mm-hmm. once we had a few that, that caught on, uh, we built onto it. So it's not like I, I set out to, uh, you know, change the world one pest at a time, but um, it's definitely a market where people want some options. Well, you've got a very interesting name uh, for your product line and for your company, Grandpa Gus, and anybody who goes on your website will see, you know, just what's being portrayed there. Where did this name come from? Well, it's a, it's a pretty simple and, and unique idea. You know, originally my background, long before all the other stuff I told you, I mean, I'm, I was born on a farm, grew up on a farm. I ended up moving away. I was a bit of an athlete when I was a teen. Um, and I got to see a few different parts of the world. And one thing that always stuck to me was how how good it is, I think, to be from that kind of farming background. It represents mm-hmm. a lot of things that people in the world, good things that, that people like to, to see in other people. And one of them, when you think of Someone like a grandfatherly figure is someone who's trustworthy. He was a farmer. He's probably hardworking and he's probably honest. And I think when people are out there buying a pest control product, they want someone who, who is like that because they're, they're picking up this product on the shelf. They're looking at it and they're saying, does this really work? And I wanted to, to have a brand and a name that uh, worked with that. And at the same time, uh, you know, Grandpa Gus in my hometown you know, everybody comes into coffee in the morning before they go out to the field or, or to feed the cows or whatever else. You know, I took a composite kind of of uh, the old timers that I would see in the coffee shop when I was a kid going to town for parts with my dad or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And I kind of took that idea where I wanted to, to put together a, a mascot that was kind of a, a composite of all those different kind of guys with, without being too corny. You know, growing up uh, from that farm background, oftentimes you get people that uh, – you know, they feed you what their idea of a farmer is. And I just wanted someone who was, uh, I guess you could say, old time, trustworthy, and works. And that's where Grandpa Gus came from. The actual name Grandpa Gus, you know, quite frankly, I knew it was going to be a grandpa. Gus sounds pretty good <laughs> with grandpa. That's the truth there. Yeah, that's that's a cool way of doing that. And you know what you're saying is so true. I I started a business, oh, several years ago now, 2012, actually with rodent control, but uh, exterminating pocket gophers and and voles and things like that. And when when my customers who lived in the city found out that I had a farm and then we raised livestock and things like that, I automatically got all sorts of questions. Well, how do you do this? How do you do that? I think people expect folks who uh, live out in rural areas and, and have land to know the answers to a lot of a lot of problems that people are having in town. Yeah. And by nature, you're, you're a self-reliant person. You uh, if Maybe you might not know the answer, but the cool thing about being a farmer is you'll certainly find it. 
Well, that's a great introduction, Nick. Thank you for that. I tell you what, we're uh, running into our first commercial break already, so let's do that. And then when we come back, I want to talk about why rodent control is so important at this time of the year, okay? Sounds good. At D&B Supply, we've got a silver bullet for gift giving, even when it's a gift to yourself. Montana Silversmiths makes eye-catching jewelry and buckles that capture the spirit, beauty, and drama of the West, all engraved in silver. With 45 years under their belt, Montana Silversmiths have carved out a real name for themselves. Far and wide, their hand-etched jewelry and buckles are known as compliment makers. Collect some yourself. Check out Montana Silversmiths at your neighborhood D&B. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians. Turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop by your favorite DMB supply. Well, Nick, let's talk about this time of year. So I guess my first question for you is going to be, during this time of year, as, as it starts to get cooler outside, are we starting to see increased activity by rodents that are trying to get into our homes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what happens is is every year you can, you can kind of pinpoint when that rodent uh, population will move indoors. And it usually happens in that first real cold brush that comes in uh, toward wintertime. So mm-hmm. You know, when, when you're up in the northern states or actually, you know, with our company, we can even track it coming out of Canada. Uh, when that first freeze up comes or maybe you get a frost, uh, the rodents definitely start looking to move in. They want to make their winter home. Um, and you got to realize the rodent population, you know, a, a mother mouse, she'll repopulate every three weeks. So when it's time to move, you know, they, they want to get in, build a nest and, and get all set up. So usually it starts out, we see a, a good uptick in, in people looking for products, whether it's online or the stores, um, having their customers come in, you know, early to mid-September. And then by the time October hits, you've got all those northern states and, and northern borders um, pushing down into places like, say, Nebraska, Kansas, mm-hmm. um, down even further. Whereas, you know, now we're at the end of October. This is when we're starting to see down into Colorado, uh, Oklahoma, they're picking up and then it, it kind of levels off below there because, you know, down here, even in Texas, uh, we don't really hit freezing in the winter. So um, it's a little different kind of cycle down here, but you definitely see it early where the mice want to start moving in, find a home, find some place for winter. Yeah. And when they're coming in, are they simply looking for food because their food supplies outside are freezing, if you will, or are they looking for warmth and food? Think of it kind of like they're looking for what makes it easy to survive. So, yes, that includes food. Mm-hmm. Yes, it includes somewhere warm. One thing that, that you can often track is when the harvest goes down. You get into some of the real corn states. When, when guys start taking that off or the different kinds of crops are coming off, that's when the mice start moving because they're more vulnerable in open spaces. So it's kind of a combination of, of all those things where they do want to get in. And, of course, you know, the other animals and the predators around them, how they end up moving for winter um, affects that as well, too. Yeah, that makes sense, too. As they get more aggressive, then uh, they're going to be pushing these rodents around. Absolutely. Now, the customers that you see, and I, I'm assuming that we're going probably into your busiest season right now, is is right now when you get the busiest? Right now is is definitely high time. 
you know, as far as people going into the stores and picking stuff off the shelves, what's interesting about the rodent products, especially when you're, you're serving a more rural population, mm-hmm. is they're not necessarily buying by, by the package. They might be buying by the case, um, <laughs> you know, when they're trying to protect not only the machinery, but perhaps, you know, they, they may have an RV or they may have storage areas that they're trying to protect or even just the home. So yeah, definitely when it gets to this part of October, everybody's going in and, and getting ready for the winter time. So do you find that most people are mostly concerned with disease spread by rodents or the droppings in the urine or just kind of the uh, the ick factor of having a rodent scurrying around your place? You know, it really depends who you're talking to. If it's if it's someone that that's trying to protect, say, machinery, it's more like, look, you know, I got this expensive machine. I don't want to mess in there. I don't want them chewing into wiring and, and causing mm-hmm. a bunch of monetary damage. When it gets into the homes, though, people, they really don't want that ick factor. You know, you want to you don't want to feel like you're being invaded or intruded upon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends, you know, who you're talking to with that. And, you know, you brought up the damage that they can do inside of, you know, tractor cabs or engine compartments and things like that. What kind of damage are they doing in our crawl spaces, our attics, our walls and things like that? We don't even know what's going on. Well, it depends how you how you look at it. But a lot of it is the wiring. The funny thing with wiring, I always tell guys is, you know, it's a 10 cent wire, but it's it's how you get to it and what you got to do to find it and take things apart. Like, you know, up in an attic, having someone crawl around there, figure out, you know, why something's shorting and it might not be you know, something obvious like lighting or whatnot, but say like an air conditioner would be a big one because then you come to springtime and why isn't something working, those kind of things. And then also too, you know, you, you touched on the disease part earlier. You know, if rodents are leaving those kind of drops, you think of those shows like, you know, Hoarders and whatnot on TV. I mean, they're always concerned about the droppings because mm-hmm. mice are the ones who spread disease. Um, even, the, you know, people look at the tick population spreading across the United States right now. It's a, it's a big problem in the Northeast. What happens is people think that, you know, ticks latch on to, to dogs or, or people or whatever else. It's actually the mice that spread the Lyme disease. The ticks latch onto them and mice scurry and another tick bites them and so on and so on. So there's the, the cost of that as well, too, where you have to, to clean up. Um, an area that may be invaded. So different ways of looking at it. Yeah, you know, where we're at here in Idaho and in eastern Oregon, we've definitely seen uh, through the ground squirrels and through voles, we've seen the plague over the last few years has has come up a couple times, which is is something you think about the Middle Ages of the Dark Ages, but it's actually still around. And then um, we've had things from deer mice like hantavirus and things like that from the Four Corners region all the way up through here in Idaho. So uh, it's definitely something to, I don't think it's something to be worried about all the time, but you want to take precautions. Yeah, you definitely, uh, if you keep the rodent population in check, those kind of things themselves will stay in check. Because often, again, they're they're kind of like the, the four-legged carriers of those diseases out there. So just like parasites on, on cattle, you know, um, mm-hmm. spreading other things around. It's the same kind of idea with, with mice and the more human spaces. All right. Well, let's take another quick break. When we come back, uh, let's talk about how they kind of multiply over the winter and why it's so important to keep them out right at the beginning. Tailgating season's here, and D&B Supplies got just the generator to run your stuff. The Honda EU2000. Uh, the EU2000 is excellent for tailgating because it's super quiet. So generally, you're in a parking lot with a lot of other people. They get irritated if you've got a real loud generator. So that's one of the biggest things. And then, of course, you can fill the tank up, and generally it's going to last all the time that you're out there tailgating. The Honda EU2000, available at D&B Supply. Want to get rid of those pesky house guests with no mess, no fuss, and no touching? 
We're talking about mice, folks, not your holiday visitors. And D&B Supply makes it easy with Grandpa Gus mouse repellent pouches to keep them away. Made and tested by farmers, Grandpa Gus mouse repellent pouches are a non-lethal way to send those rodents running. Safe for pets and kids, its fresh scent instantly repels mice and absorbs pesky odors, too. So better make tracks to pick up some today, only at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, Nick. Well, now that we're back, let's talk about them multiplying. So you were talking about how quickly or how frequently mice will reproduce, and they're they're reproducing in our homes over the winter if they're inside, are they not? Yeah, I mean, as long as you uh, you got the right parent together, um, you know, they'll they'll just keep pumping out more babies, basically. So you know, with with the mice, it really doesn't matter what time of year. Um, obviously, some are more advantageous than others, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're trying to break that cycle, you got to really get them all um, at once or at least get the mom while they're young. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, people will find a nest full of them, but they, they keep reproducing. And I mean, when it comes to this time of year and, and trying to keep them from coming in your house, if you can prevent just a few from coming in, that's actually preventing a lot from being in there because if they're multiplying that quickly, it's almost exponential. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, mice leave... Uh, pheromone trails and whatnot and they like to return to the same spots where there's food sources so you know they, they get habitual about it and it, what's interesting is, is if you can stop the mice in this fall season let's call it you know october november mm-hmm. so whenever your first snowfall really hits depending you know where you live once things have frozen up outside the mice tend to it's kind of like they found where they're going to be for for the winter and they they like to keep it simple after that so if you can protect an area leading up to that freeze up those those months of january and february get a whole lot simpler and you know the classic example is the farm equipment if guys can finish harvest put their stuff away and you know keep it tight until uh, after christmas time from then on it, it gets a lot easier now, do you emphasize prevention over removal once they're inside the, the house or the barn or wherever? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's a lot easier to prevent a problem than it is to, to fix it. Like, if you look at something like, uh, you know, wiring on a combine, I mean, 10 cent wire, but it might cost you $20,000 to take <laughs> it to the dealer by the time he takes the cab off right. and whatnot. We had that happen to a customer, you know, mm-hmm. dig under there. And with wiring nowadays, it's uh, it's got soy... Uh, soybean oil or peanut oil actually inside the wires. That's how they string them through. So mm-hmm. um, it attracts them. I think, you know, what What a lot of people look for in the farm are products that can take care of areas where they can't be. So some people, they like to use their, their poisons because, you know, they don't have to be around to check a trap and whatnot. But, you know, having poison on a farm around animals isn't always uh, the best way either or kids or pets or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Traps definitely will beat down a population, but you got to keep on traps for, you know, not only getting rid of the dead ones, which is not always fun to deal with, but mm-hmm. also, um, you know, they call them false triggers. If a trap gets set off and it doesn't catch anything, well, then it's it's useless for the next one. Mm-hmm. Then there are the, re- the repellents, which work to varying degrees, but they're very hands off and you set them out and, uh, you know, they'll keep the rodents away for an extended period. So. It's really a quote-unquote pick your poison. Yeah, exactly. Let's kind of get to the nuts and bolts of it. So uh, for folks right now who want to be keeping these animals from getting into their house, what should they be doing? I think the biggest thing is, especially if you're the type of person who you're like, look, mice are an ongoing problem. We Just as we think we get rid of them, you know, a month later they're back or something like that, which is common, you know, out on uh, the farm. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing you want to do, get rid of food sources so they're not drawn into a certain area. 
Uh, the next thing would be plug up any holes or entryways. And mice can get, you know, through an area about the size of a, a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they're kind of like slinkies for them to get in. And it's not the easiest, but, but, you know, do the best you can. And then the, the other thing I tell people is, you know, definitely clean where they've been to get rid of the, the scents and the, the pheromones and whatever else. So if, you, if you're doing those, you know, simple basic kind of things, you're going to put yourself uh, a little further ahead. And from that point, you can start going into your, you know, different methods of keeping them out, killing them, et cetera. So when it comes to that food odor, are we just talking about how we're packaging or storing our food, like with uh, vacuum sealed containers or something like that? I, I think that's definitely part of it. But, you know, other ways are in the pantry. It's the crumbs that are that are left underneath. A, a big mm-hmm. one that people don't realize, your dog food. You know, oftentimes they leave it like in the porch area and it's, uh-huh. it's you know, the scent of it's getting out and it, it's around and available. Even things like under and, and behind the stove, the little places, it's not so much the, the big area. Um, it's the dark corner where mice like to hang out where there's something left. And now when it comes to physical barriers, will, will that spray foam insulation work in those small holes or will they just chew through it? You know, what, what really works the best when you're plugging, you know, a, a physical hole, you know, something sizable Mesh works, especially the copper mesh. That's what uh, has been a bit of a time-proven one, and that's the one that mice really don't like. I see it all the time, you know, online people posting stuff. There's steel wool and and things like that. If you're looking for an actual barrier, there's the copper mesh, and there's a few other more professional products out there, I guess you'd say, that are are meant to – keep mice out. I'm not as familiar with those, but, um, you know, those are some classic ones that work for plugging up the holes or just frankly, you know, fill it up if you can, uh, go from the outside and and cover the hole itself. All right. Well, let's talk about what it is that, that you do, uh, to help keep these animals out. And we'll start off with repellents. So how do repellents work and, and how should people use them? Right. So there's uh, a variety of repellents that are out in the marketplace and, you know, for a variety of pests and the the general idea with any type of rodent is that you're going after them in a evolutionary or, or uh, sensory kind of way where you're triggering their, their fight or flight kind of responses. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is let's, let's take our classic pouch repellent. It's a little pouch um, that's full of granules that stays shut, but through the pouch wafts this peppermint cinnamon scent. So it smells really minty. It smells good to us. Mm-hmm. When a mouse gets that in their nose, and this is mice specifically, they actually have a special gland that's up in their nose. And that scent goes in there and it does a couple things. It irritates it. It makes it hard for them to smell food and hard to smell predators. So if they can't find food and they don't know if there's a predator right around the corner, mm-hmm. they get very scared. Um, you know, I always tell people, you hear the nursery rhyme, three blind mice. Mm-hmm. Mice can't see very well, and that's why you always notice them running along the walls, and they're relying on that scent. So when they smell something like a pouch or a liquid repellent, they get it up in their nose, and and they want to leave the area. It makes it very hard for them to uh, do what mice do. I did not know that, but that makes a lot of sense. So it's more of we're dulling their senses, and they're not comfortable with that. Exactly. It's it's, um, rather than say like for something like squirrels, you might use more of a, a burning hot repellent that where they try to bite something, it burns them. Uh-huh. And they learn, oh, geez, this hurts when I bite it and run away. With a mouse, it's kind of like we're silently scaring them out of there. And people that use these repellents, they use them year after year because they smell really good. They're, they're really easy to maintain. You just throw out a pouch and, and you know set it down, walk away if it's your 
say your tractor, your RV, or a storage room you're not in. And uh, it's non-toxic. To us, it feels fine, but it's the, the certain scent in those oils that hit that gland in mm-hmm. the mouse's nose, you know, that makes them leery. Okay. Well, let's take another commercial break. When we come back, I want to know more about this. Matter of fact, I've got a specific case I want to ask you how to solve, all right? Okay, I'm ready. Carhartt is legendary for getting you geared up for anything. So getting geared up for the winter is easy at DMB Supply with Carhartt Full Swing. Tough and water-repellent, Full Swing clothing lets you move like you mean it with Carhartt's Rugged Flex technology. It's made for maximum range of motion and maximum protection from the elements. Get ready for anything the day throws your way and get into the full swing of things at your favorite D&B Supply. Howdy, neighbor. Why are you throwing out your snow shovel? Oh, because I threw out my back last winter. I'm picking up a Husqvarna snow thrower at D&B Supply instead. Don't you mean snow blower? Oh, potato, potato. Actually, a snow blower is bigger, more powerful, and shoots snow farther out than a thrower, especially a Husqvarna. You're blowing my mind. Hey, you telling me this so you can borrow mine? Nah, buddy. I'm headed over to D&B to get a Husqvarna, too. I'm right behind you. Let's blow. All right, Nick. So I've got to ask you about this pickup. So my wife, when we were dating, bought an old 1966 Ford. It's an orange pickup. They call it the Orange Pumpkin. Her and her dad named it that. It's, <laughs> it's sitting down in Buell, Idaho on her dad's property. And uh, it's just been sitting there for years now. And it would be a really fun truck to go fix up. But I know it is infested in the cab with deer mice because you can see the foam's been chewed up out of the old seat and, and all sorts of stuff. And so I know there's going to be tons of problems. But before I would ever want to get into the cab of that truck to try and move it or tow it or put it on a trailer, I would want to get rid of those mice. Could we, like with the pouches that you sell of repellent, could we toss a pouch in there? Would that get rid of the mice? Is it work that simply or is there more to it than that? Yeah, absolutely. What I would do is, uh, you know, classic problem you got there. Um, you know, people have vehicles, whether it's trucks, classic cars, whatever, they're, they're sitting there and they can't monitor it all the time. So mm-hmm. If you put a trap in there, well, you got to go check it. You don't want poison in there because you got to operate the vehicle. So when you're putting in in a pouch like that, what I would do is one, like for your specific case, let's go in there and let's, you know, really wash that thing out. So, um, you know, get rid of those smells and those old scents. Mm -hmm. But secondly, you know, I would put a pouch probably, you know, under the seat or, uh, you know, hanging under the dash would be a good spot. I would also, too, you know, we've got a a liquid spray that that you might want to spray in that headliner where they've been crawling in. That'll help keep them away. And and maybe, you know, if you're storing it under the hood, you could put a, a pouch or two or you could spray the wiring down. But what's going to happen is, is, you know, we've washed it. So we got rid of that. And this is like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a dirty case here. You don't have to do this with your, you know, everyday vehicle that you're putting away for winter. <laughs> right, but, right. but yeah, you know, you get rid of that scent where they, they keep coming back and then you're replacing it with that new fresh smell. I mean, when those mice come in and if they're in there for a day, they're going to realize, look, I just I can't handle this. I got to get out. And they'll end up moving on. So it's really as simple as drop that pouch in and go away. And in most cases with the typical mm-hmm. vehicle or, or machinery. Now, how about travel trailers? I mean, with travel trailers, we're dealing with separate rooms and more square footage, I guess, or more cubic you know, area and more volume. Uh, pouches again? Yeah, absolutely. My... Uh, my dad is retired now uh, from farming and, you know, they go out to the lake, you know, fishing, camping, whatever else. And whether it's a, you know, travel trailer, RV, what you want to do is take, you know, our pouches come in a four pack. What I always tell people really simple, put one of those pouches 
near the bed, put one under the couch, put one in the back in uh, the bathroom. And then the, the real professional seeker, put one in the, like, the, the toolbox or storage area that's outside, mm-hmm. um, you know, often a, a lead way in. And that smell, especially when you're storing it for winter, it will nicely fill it up. And what's beautiful is you come back in the spring, you know, a lot of people use mothballs in these situations. So mothballs leave a heck of a stink on the unit, whereas this will come back to a nice peppermint smelling uh, unit in the spring. And so since we're kind of dulling the senses of the rodents in these cases and, and not using poison, when you come back, you've got your dogs, you've got your kids or whatever, no issues there. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good thing you brought up. Um, people do ask that. And, you know, I can't blame a person. If, if it works on the mice, you know, what's it doing to me is often sure, the question. Sure. And, uh, you know, the ingredients in there that make it work again is peppermint oil and cinnamon oil. The same thing that, you know, gives taste to different candies and, and whatnot. Um, and again, it works on that principle that it's getting the mice sensory up in the nose in those glands. So if your dog's around it, you know, not a big deal. If your office smells like mine with samples, you might you might smell a lot of peppermint, but it's not going to hurt you. All right. Well, let's take our last break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about some other animals we might want to repel as well. For work, play, or a little bit of both this winter, stop by D&B Supply for Wrangler gear. From flannel line jeans to stylish shirts and jackets, fit for the field or a night out, Wrangler has you covered. Established in 1947 with the spirit of courageous individuality, Wrangler apparel is designed to last and look good to boot. With new styles and great fits, it's clothing that wears well no matter what the season or what life throws at it. So stop by your favorite D&B and get covered this winter in Wrangler gear. Things are heating up around here at D&B. You'll see why when you check out our wide selection of high-performance stoves from Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatalator EcoChoice. These classic pellet and wood-burning stoves light up your hearth and home. They give you even heat and easy maintenance with craftsmanship that stands the test of time and really stands out. So swing on by D&B Supply and see how Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatalator EcoChoice stoves can warm up your home. All right, Nick. Well, let's keep going with this. Pretty fascinating stuff and a really interesting way to to get rid of these. But let's talk about some other animals, uh, voles, rats, uh, squirrels, things like that. What, what do we do about these animals, these rodents? Well, each uh, rodent works different than uh, the next. It often depends on their environment. You know, one that's interesting is, is rats. And you guys get, you know, pretty close to the Pacific Northwest and the, the coast where rats are, uh, are, are really a big problem out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing I tell people always is that rats survive the plague. You know, you touched on that earlier. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they are tough to get rid of. There are some natural it's kind of a, an oxymoron. Natural poisons out there in the sense that they just work on rats. They won't poison a dog or a human. Those can be helpful. And traditional poisons, especially in a rural area, if you got an infestation. But, you know, you got to really be buyer beware with, with the repellents that are on the market with rats because they are a tough, tough animal. And they're definitely tougher than mice. And they're a little more complicated with how they work. So, you know, for, for them, if, if you can set traps to help drive them away and, you know, it's, it, it's a thing where you got to move your traps around sometimes, you got to clean the traps because they'll get smart. If they see one of their buddies in a trap, they'll say, well, I ain't going near that thing. <laughs> right. You know, so that, that's one interesting one. The other squirrels is, uh, depends who you talk to, you know, a squirrel is either the cutest, most cuddly thing in the world, or else he's a, a total thief that, that robs the bird feeder and, yeah. and gets up and builds nests in places. Squirrels can be a little more complicated than a, a mouse in the sense that, you know, they're bigger. They need a little more power. But usually the hot stuff, like our squirrel spray, 
contains a lot more cinnamon in it to be heavier. So it, it's more a bite-based kind of thing. Or also these rodents, little guys, they get them on their paws and they're always putting their paws in their mouth. Same kind of purpose. So mm-hmm. if you want to take a spray and, and spray down a bird feeder, for instance, um, would be one way. And there's different kind of uh, squirrel uh, devices out there. One thing that's interesting is you cannot buy a squirrel trap in America that is advertised to kill a squirrel because they're not an invasive species. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you can buy rat traps all day long, they're considered invasive. So kind of when you look for like a squirrel trap out there, you know, you might have to use your imagination uh, a little bit with what you're buying. Interesting. I did not know that. And I, I wanted to ask you about that as well. When you do live trap an animal like a squirrel, should you be checking with your regulations in your state on what you're able to do? Like, are there some states that will not allow you to release them and they, they make you euthanize them? Uh, well, there's definitely, yeah, again, it really does like you kind of hit on it. It depends on your state, your municipality and all that. Like I know if you're, if you live in town and you, you're catching a squirrel in your backyard, you know, and you want to be a nice guy, take them down to the park to let them out. That actually may be in violation of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got to be careful with those things if you're going to be catching them. Now, you know, by the same token, I when I go to a trade show or something, I mean, I get one minute I get talking to a guy. He's talking about how he, he's got all these ideas of how to dispose of the squirrel. And the next one, you know, people want to find ways to feed them to draw more into the yard. So. You definitely want to be careful. Use your own moral compass as far as, as right. disposal and, and actions you're going to take. And and yeah, definitely watch out for, for the laws in your region. Now, if we are going to use live traps to catch voles or mice or squirrels or whatever it may be, how sensitive are they to human smells? Like, do we need to be wearing gloves when we set these things and, and making sure we keep our scents off of it? Generally, that's, um, you know, some some recommended advice. One thing that I've, I've heard differing opinions on is if you should clean your traps after. Because, you know, sometimes the trap can get can get pretty messy after you use it. But mm-hmm. um you know, with mice, they, they like to be attracted to their own scent. Rats, they'll release, um, you know, certain pheromones that are kind of like warning ones afterward. It's it's really a tough thing to say, and, and different people will tell you different things. I do think if you're going to be live catching something like mice and rats, you know, you definitely are going to have a, a greater challenge than, say, live catching a squirrel, which you'd often use a cage for right. um, compared to like an actual trap. Now, how do we figure out the best place to put these traps? We go buy one, we we bait it, we put some peanut butter in or something like that. Now, the next thing is placement. How do you what do you advise people on where to place them? Uh, definitely when it comes to traps with the small rodents um, along the walls is a great spot. Like I said earlier, you know, mice run along the walls and rats, rats aren't going to run out in the open if they don't have to. Often, too, in the pathway of where they're, they're running or going through um, that you've seen them before. And that's why, like, you know, the, whether you think they're, they're effective or perhaps inhumane is the, the old glue traps. I mean, those work so brilliantly because mm-hmm. you, you put them right along a wall and the mouse has no choice but to run through it. And, um, yeah, any kind of trap you use, I think it's important to note, like, the peanut butter that you mentioned is just a simple classic bait that works yeah. for a lot of them. It doesn't need to be complicated. Well, Nick, where can people find out more if they want to know more about Grandpa Gus's products or your methods that we're talking about here? Where can they find out more information? Yeah, the easiest place to go is GrandpaGus.com. That's G-R-A-N-D-P-A, Gus.com. And you can see all our different products that are uh, available. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all this great information. I know everyone's going to be able to use it, unfortunately. (laughs) Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you having me. 
Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.